next week, there's an important conference to help people with intellectual disabilities. It's coming up in Mystic. And to talk about that, I'm joined by the CEO of Midstate Arc. It is Pam Fields. Pam, good morning. Thank you for joining me today. And exactly what is it that you do? Good morning, Wayne. Well, here at Midstate Arc, we provide supports for people with intellectual disabilities to live in their community independently and connected. Um, we also uh, run a assisted technology training center, which is a member service under Midstate, and that uh, department in our agency helps other agencies throughout the state and nation gain knowledge and capacity to get assistive technology into the hands of people they support and to sustain its use. Why now? Why in 2022? Well, this is such an exciting time in our field. CMS, the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, is the major funder of services and supports. And they are directing people across our nation to help people that we support get fully connected into their community. We need to connect people directly to activities and resources, just like every other citizen in the United States is connected. And we believe that the only way this movement is going to be successful is through the use of assistive technology. Assistive technology, ATEC, and you're sponsoring a conference, an ATEC conference. Tell me about that. Yes, we are, and we're so excited about it. Um, the title of the conference is Journey to Independence, Assistive Technology at its Best. The conference is being held at the Hilton Hotel in Mystic, Connecticut, this coming Monday and Tuesday on July 18th and 19th. Our major sponsors for the event are the Council, Connecticut Council on Developmental Disabilities and Hancock Pharmacies in Meriden, who provides a lot of medications for people with IDD throughout Connecticut. And we have also have many other sponsors. So what kind of things will the conference be offering? Well, we have the um, two days. The first day is a full day, and we have three different tracks for people to attend. One will focus on independent living and using assistive technology to be successful in that area. The second track is focused on employment in the community, and again, how do we use assistive technology to ensure people can maintain their jobs. And the third track is for families. Families are very concerned and have a lot of fears about moving into independent life in the community for their loved ones. So we have a national ex expert, Tom Pomeranz from uh, Universal Lifestyles, who's going to come in and spend the day talking to them about that movement into the community and address their fears and concerns. Pam, just taking a step back and looking at the big picture, how common is it for a person to have an intellectual disability? Well, there are probably about 30,000 people throughout Connecticut with intellectual disabilities, and there are hundreds of thousands of people throughout the nation who have intellectual disabilities, and there's all different levels. Some people have um, mild cognitive dysfunction and can really... Um, do most of their task independently, just like the rest of us, and other people need more assistance. So the more assistance you need, then the more integrated with assistive technology um, will help with that independence. 
Are people that we now call with intellectual disabilities the type of people that maybe 50 years ago we would have put in Mansfield Training School or Fairfield Hills or some of the other facilities around the state, and now we don't do that as much. We try to get them more involved in either group homes or individual homes and get them more integrated with the community. Yes, that is correct. Um, it was back in the 50s, the the placement um, for people with intellectual disabilities, the only service they were actually offered was institutional care. And that is why CMS um, came out with a waiver that allows them now to receive their services in the community. Tell me how that process has worked. I mean, are people, including families, satisfied with the way that transition has taken place? I think the families and the individuals with intellectual disabilities are pushing that movement. Um, CMS um, has been training or retraining people, I should say, throughout the nation to explain to them that when they created a waiver to waive, because I guess the legal right, people with intellectual disabilities have a legal right to institutional care, and that is a federal um, piece. So the waiver, when they sign the waiver, they waive their right to institutional care in order to live in the community. And CMS and the parents and the individuals are saying what we don't want is for you to create many institutions in the middle of the community and call that community service. We want people to be fully connected and use the same resources in the community that everyone else uses. I think many people, including our listeners, are intrigued by technology, technology advances, including recent technology advances. And uh, this event is called Assistive Technology at its Best. So give me some examples of what assistive technology advances we've made as they benefit people with intellectual disabilities. So MidState alone has helped over 20 people, maybe more like 30, um, move from uh, 24-hour settings with 24-hour staff into their own apartments, and they use a variety of technology, some of it with artificial intelligence that tracks movement. So as they're moving around their apartment, if something is different, like they don't go to bed or they don't get out of bed, the sensor systems alert us that something's different. Uh, they have sensors on their stoves that um, will let us know or a caregiver or let them know if they're cooking something and they walked away from the stove. It will let them know to return to the stove, and if they don't, it will shut the stove off. Um, and with COVID, things with um, assistive technology really pushed forward. So a lot more use of video doorbells to help people answer the doors safely without necessarily coming face-to-face with people. Uh, there's also apps out there that help tr- help them remember what to do during the day. Okay, it's time to brush your teeth. It's time to go out and get on the bus. It's time to do your laundry. So it helps them walk through their day and remember what they're supposed to be doing. This conference being held at the Hilton Hotel in Mystic next Monday and Tuesday. And one of the things in your sessions include what the future of assistive technology will look like. Can you give us a peek into the future? Sure. So uh, we work closely with a company called Alarm.com, um, and they, ha- they are the ones who uh, put together this artificial intelligence to track the movement. One of the issues that we've come across as we've been using it is it works fine when the person is living alone in the apartment, but if there's more than one person, the system doesn't know that there's more than one person. It only tracks when a sensor is triggered. 
So they have a new technology that they're looking at that will actually measure a piece of the leg bone um, through through cameras, and it would know and recognize who's in the house by that technology. Are the exhibits from Monday and Tuesday different, or will the same things be on display both days? Um, the exhibitors will be there primarily on Monday. Um, and Tuesday, the conference is a hands-on training for the providers on learning how to change their work culture to match this new expectation for their employees. Yeah, tell me more about that. A three-hour training on Shift Happens, Learn How to Transform Your Way to Excellence. Yes, so that um, training is being offered by Kathleen Stauffer, who just wrote a book um, on... Um, on uh, transforming your way to excellence. And she is going to, it's actually called the 11 Secrets of Nonprofit Excellence. And she's going to work hands-on with the providers during that session. And when we leave there, we're going to leave with a draft plan on how to start to change your culture. Because our staff, for the I've been in the field for 40 years, our staff are caregivers. They've been trained all this time to really to take care of people and now what we're asking them to do is support them in community life and connect them to their community. So it's a very different role, and it's a huge transition for the industry. So she's going to help us have a plan on how do you get your agency now to make that shift. Pam, who is your target audience for the conferences coming up on Monday and Tuesday? Our target audience is any provider agency, whether it's for the elderly for people with mental health issues, for people with IDD. So really any people who, so any agency that supports people with barrier issues, um, it's for them and their staff. It's also for um, the families and the people receiving the supports to come in and learn what's out there and available for them and what choices they now have. Is this an annual event? Is this the first year for this event? How is the historical perspective on this work? Well, this is our first year, and um, we talked about doing an annual conference. Now, the Connecticut Tech Act, which is run by Arlene Lugo, she also runs an assistive technology conference every other year. So we may end up doing it the off year from her conference. So tell me more about who is attending this Monday, Tuesday event. So we have providers from all over the nation coming as far as Oregon, down in Pennsylvania and New Jersey, we have providers all throughout Connecticut. We have the state departments are attending to tell the providers or inform them what assistive technology services are available throughout Connecticut and Massachusetts, and then how do you access that for funding. We also have um, different technology vendors and providers coming in to do the, the knowledge sharing for the conference. And, of course, we have families, people um, with intellectual disabilities and their families coming in to learn those uh, newest uh, technologies out there and how they can access them. Is it safe to presume that for a person with intellectual disabilities that this is a better time to be living than, say, 50 years ago? This assistive technology concept gives them a lot of options they didn't used to have. Yeah, I totally agree. I feel that this is a civil rights movement for them, 
that they have always been um, really put into places where people are taking care of them. And the, for the first time, they're going to have the ability and the resources to live on their own and be connected into their community. And it's, it's a very exciting time for them. And when you talk to the people who are now living in these environments, they're, they're so excited. We have, for example, one gentleman who really stayed in his room and never interacted with anyone. After he moved into his own apartment, he was helping a lady in the store load her groceries, and he had never done that before. But now he feels part of his community. Pam, what's been the effect in general of people with intellectual disabilities of the pandemic, of COVID-19, and will that be discussed at this conference Monday and Tuesday? Um, it was a big effect because they became very isolated during that time, um, and we are not um, basing any of the uh, sessions on COVID-19. However, a lot of the technology really moved forward during that time because we used it to do some remote services for them and to connect them virtually. So if people would like to attend this assistive technology at its best conference coming up in Mystic at the Hilton Hotel next Monday and Tuesday, how do they register? We have a great website, atechconference.org, and people can get onto that website and all the registration and session information is right there. Pam Fields, our guest this morning. Pam, CEO at MidState ARC an agency that provides supports for people with intellectual disabilities. Conference Monday and Tuesday at the Hilton in Mystic. Pam, thank you for joining me this morning. Thank you, Wayne.